Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter、mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, Allison. Oh hi, Rob. Oh hi, listeners. We're here to talk about minute sixty-two of the room, in which Mark arrives with a fresh new look and has given up on this film. We come in as Johnny was just getting off the phone with someone, possibly a church, and then people start. He's wearing a tux, and people arrive with tuxes. It's that scene. How did you do? Oh yeah, ding dong. Football. Two two doorbells in a minute. Oh hi. Yeah, <laughs> there is a doorbell.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Danny comes in without it, but yeah. Well, he does. He he's Danny. Yeah. He, we're pretty sure he goes in there during the night while they're sleeping as well. Yeah, he's at home there. All right. So in this minute, Johnny is very wooden. Yes. Like the only thing that's lacking in the way he's acting in this minute is actually looking down at the mark. <laughs> like he's so stiff, like, and then when you look at his suit, it's so boxy. Yeah, there none of their tuxedos fit it, well. Yeah, it looks like a sixth grade play, like when a like a kid in sixth grade is wearing a blazer, <laughs> and it's not fitted, but it goes down way longer than it should, and there's no nothing to taper the waist. Yeah, it it, just yeah, it looks. Bad. In context, this scene is presumably Peter's last scene. Yeah. This and the football.、Mm-hmm. This was like filmed together. They knew he was leaving.、Mm-hmm. At this point, Mark Greg had just filmed his side of the conversation with Lisa, where he was sitting in the car, where we know he was having a problem with Tommy, and he deliberately wore the sunglasses to piss Tommy off. Like Mark,、oh. Greg is getting tired of this movie at this point. Yeah. When they filmed it. Yeah. And then it's Peter's last day. And Tommy decides he has a new scene to film with them talking about tuxedos and then like throwing a football around. Yeah. Rather than film Peter's other scenes. Yeah, and there was like a really big deal for real life Greg to actually shave for this scene, correct? Yes.、Uh, well, somewhat. It's not. It's not the same as it is in the Disaster Artist, where like he was gonna do potentially a TV part that required him to keep the beard. Yeah. It was more he just kind of liked it.、Mm-hmm. But his girlfriend at the time, who who he. I don't know if it's a real name, but who he calls Amber in the book didn't like his beard and kept a picture of him without it in her like、oh, in her purse. Okay,、oh, cool. and so he thought she'd be okay with it. He just didn't want to do anything else for this movie that was that big a deal. But they literally brought like a haircutting thing to the set and got him to go in the bathroom and cut it like there at the location. Like at Burns and Sawyer. Yeah, because I, I remember in like the Disaster Artist, there was like such a big deal for him to. Keep his beard and his hair kind of long for some role or something because it was like some endorsement or something like that. Yeah, he was going to be on、uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. But、yeah. as far as I know, I mean, he doesn't mention that specifically in in the book, so I assume that's just sort of they were pointing out how this movie got in the way of his other opportunities. Yeah, which I wouldn't be surprised. They just went with the specific because they could get Brian Cranston, I guess.、Oh. Yeah. But this this movie had like no established shooting dates or whatever. Oh no, and no schedule. Yeah. So everyone just had to always be there, and that's why it's a big deal that Peter's leaving, and they're not going to film 
like they didn't try to squeeze in his last couple scenes. Yeah. Which I assume is Steven's lines at the party later about the nuclear bomb and everything. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Now, let's see. I grabbed a, some sections from the book, but it's kind of long. Let me see. This is Kyle Vogt's last available day on set, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and so Greg asks, why didn't Tommy want to use Kyle's last day shooting Peter's remaining scenes? Why are the characters in Tuxes and playing football? Was it for a wedding picture? A sort of pathetic bachelor party? Tommy didn't know. All he said was that it was a very important scene. <laughs> uh, Sandy, Shaclair, finally caved, asking anyone who would listen, what on earth do you say to that? And then before they played tuxedo football, Tommy told him he wanted to shave off his beard because he wanted a moment. Mm. He said, listen, I have to tell you, I'm sorry, but you must shave it. Trust me on this. And they were standing out by the brick wall at Burns and Sawyer where they were supposed to be filming. And so the catering person brought him sandwiches. And then he's like, yeah, go do this. So it's, he's got a whole story in The Disaster Artist about this day. Where Tommy just, he didn't, wouldn't give him a reason, but just kept saying it was important and he had to do it. Yeah. So they sent the makeup artist to buy, uh, Amy the makeup artist went down the street to buy clippers and a razor and then he went in the Burns and Sawyer office bathroom to shave his beard, which he called Beardicus for some reason. Hmm. And even worse, Marcus, who we haven't talked about because there's not a lot about him, he's the guy, if you watch the disaster artist, he's the guy filming the behind the scenes footage. Okay. Greg calls him Tommy Spy. Followed Greg into the bathroom with the camera oh. to film him shaving. Oh. Um, I'm like, okay. maybe he wanted to use the scene of him shaving. It was going to make it an emotional moment for Mark or he had something in mind. Or maybe he was just being creepy. Yeah. I don't know. Greg calls it single white female meets Tom Ripley creepy. Yeah. So. But it's also, uh, it, even in the movie, it, I guess for Tommy, it, it seemed like it was a really big deal to get him to do what he wanted him to do, yes. which was to shave. Because for some reason, it's kind of like the reward of the music mm -hmm. of him when he walks in with the shave and face. Whoa, whoa. Hey guys. You like it? But there is nothing to it. No. And, and why would you know? he, there's still a month to the wedding. Yeah. Shaving off his beard now doesn't do anything. I, I mean, maybe they're getting pictures taken, but you know, you could put a line of dialogue telling us that. Nice talks. You look great. You look really handsome. <laughs> Your wedding picture's gonna look great. Oh, thanks. Why would you take it so early? Eh, if you got a special location, we're going to see some establishing shots of the Palace of Fine Arts. Maybe they were going to go there. Yeah, but generally you would do that with the fiancé, that you two are like, oh, like, you know, yeah. you two are getting married or something like that. But you don't have it with, like, one wedding party, unless it's a bachelor party or something like that. But, but this is none of those. <laughs> yeah. So I do have this question. I wonder... Did they all get tuxes on their own? Because this does not seem like they got them in one place. Do you mean in the movie? Yes. Mm. Like, these are their own tuxes that they had to get. Part of the thing is, is if I didn't know this was a movie and you lined them up for a photo, I would think Peter's the one getting married because he's the only one with a vest. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a good point. But you know that is like like the the groom has to set himself aside from the group because that's the way it is. Yeah, it, it it's like one of those if the bride and the bridesmaids are all wearing yellow and except for one bridesmaid that's wearing white, mm -hmm. he's wearing a vest and nobody else is. It's like you would have the one that looks better, more distinguished, definitely looking better than everybody else. So it just looks weird that he he's the only one in a vest. Yeah, in the movie that doesn't that doesn't make sense because. Behind the scenes, I'm guessing maybe he's the only one that had a vest that fit, and so he put one on. Yeah, because Peter and Denny are the only ones with the proper 
kind of shortcuts where you get to see a little bit of the long yeah, sleeve yeah. coming out. But then Johnny, no, not at all. no, his almost comes up to his his knuckles. <laughs> That's why he looks like a sixth grader in his dad's blazer. <laughs> I mean, Mark's Mark's fits fairly well, but it doesn't seem to fit as well as Denny's and Peter's. So that's why I'm thinking, like, I think they all went to different locations because maybe Peter went for a proper tux with the vest. Maybe, yeah. So, I don't know. In the movie, I guess they that that would have to be it. Outside the movie, it was just they bought tuxes probably at some used old place and hoped they fit the actors. And Because Danny and Mark look like caterers. <laughs> so, it, it's just weird. It's weird because the cuts of each suit is not the same. And none of them are cut well. No. And it looks like whoever shot this scene, because this is a different guy now, This is now the third one. I forget who the credited (laughs) DP is, but it's him. It's shot like a play. It's framed with him. Yeah, I'm standing at their all position so you can see them all. Yeah, all the chairs are facing the outside where the audience is supposed to be. This entire thing is shot like a play. And it's weird that they, that nobody else moves. Danny's the only one that answers the door, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it, it it's also a little weird that everybody manages to go in and out of this house repeatedly, but for some reason they all start ringing the doorbell for this, like it's some reveal. Yeah. Up until this point, we've had the doorbell rung once, even though people have kind of come in a bunch of times. Yes, but it's never been well. Basically, the close friends that rang the doorbell. Well, also imagine how close to. They enter the room from outside. They wouldn't need to ring the bell because literally they should have seen each other in the hallway. Yes, and it is an apartment building, so you would be rung up to, regardless anyway. So you know these people yeah, are coming. Yeah, and in. we this is one time because the door's open, we can see there's a wall right there. This door is at the yeah. corner or the end of a hallway. So they should have been able to see each that other. That is, yeah. We're seeing each other outside entering the building and walked in together. Yeah. So it's very staged and stagey. Yeah. But we get, you know, a big shock at Mark coming in without his beard. Denny says, whoa. Johnny says, wow. Yeah. And the camera zooms in on him, which is new. And the music plays. The new DP is trying something. And then we're back to the wide shot for, uh, you like it? And they like it. And Johnny says he looks like a baby face, which is something he called uh, Greg in real life a lot. Yeah. You look great. You look like a baby face, huh? And... I believe, I couldn't find the passage where he says it, but Greg didn't like it. <laughs> he didn't like him calling him that. No, he doesn't look like he's enjoying most of this film. And this, yes, this scene, he says, uh, when Tommy said he wanted us all to end the scene doing his ridiculous chicken imitation, flapping our arms saying, cheap, cheap, I almost walked off the set. <laughs> and when we get to that moment in, in a second where they do it, yeah, Greg barely moves his arms. No, yeah, it, it, and, it looks like he's just flapping yeah. his hands. He's not making noise. And he looks at the camera like he's maybe checking if by chance he might be out of the frame so he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, he's out. He's done. Yeah, it it feels like when uh, Captain Kirk and Uhura had their kiss Mm. and they wanted to remove that kiss so they blew every other take. Yeah. It looks like he's doing that so that this won't make it. Yeah. Don't keep this cheap, cheap scene. Yeah. Just, yeah. Come on. Which came first, Arrested Development or this? This This was 2003. This, this did? Okay. When was the first season of Arrested Development? Damn. Um, I'm going to have to look that up. 
You're you're even scared to ask a girl out on a date. What, no, why does everybody think that I'm scared of girls? Because you're a chicken. You're oh, a no. chicken. Cuckoo kacha. Cuckoo kacha. What are you doing? Michael yeah. and women. A cuckoo Look, I haven't found the right girl. When I do, I will ask her out. Has anyone in this family ever even seen a chicken? I got the perfect thing. That's enough. 2003, about the same. So it's hard to call, but it's just who who inspired that? Then, like the cheap, 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 like because I, I I don't know. It just makes it really tough of why that exists. You know, it's weird at all. I had never even connected it to the Arrested Development version. If it had been a reference yeah. to that, it almost would have been clever. Yes. But no, it, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it's just Tommy. Yeah, so that's why, like, what... It probably comes back down to his love of Rebel Without a Cause. Being called chicken is bad. Is that meaning me? A chicken. Yes. You shouldn't call me that. Hmm. What's wrong, McFly? Chicken? Nobody calls me chicken. Yeah, but same with Back to the Future. But then he turns it into cartoonish. That, that's it's, what I mean. It, the it's insertion in Back to the Future is stupid. Yeah. It comes out of nowhere. But, I, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Like, it's not... You don't goat someone in a way like this to try and play football in a tux. (laughs) (laughs) But you shouldn't play football in a tux. Yeah, Especially if you're going to make someone run and try to catch something. Tossing a football back and forth is fine. Yeah, because... You can do that without moving. You may have a leather sole on these uh, shoes, most likely. It's just a flat-out bad idea. (laughs) So I don't know why you would goat someone into this. Like... Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. But you have to trust Tommy. It's a very important scene. Uh, it's so important. You have to yeah. trust me. <laughs> now I'm trying to think of why this scene matters. Yes. It's, it's certainly a memorable scene, but it, there's so many other, there's other football scenes, you know? No, but look, I don't know. this entire episode that we're recording mm-hmm. could be wiped off the mat and nobody would care. <laughs> oh yeah. There are whole scenes in this movie all over the place that if you cut them, it, the movie gets better. Yeah, but this establishes nothing. <laughs> yeah. You could have to shave face at the party. Right. People are allowed to shave. Which would be a bigger reveal because you could see the girlfriend just going like, oh my God, like he looks good with a shave face. Like that could change something. Like she still really does feel something for him or she's still attracted to him something. If I get the chance to re-edit it, I'll just cut this scene, but insert like Denny's reaction shot of whoa. It's still in the tux. To the party. <laughs> it's still in the tux. It, it won't matter. No one will care. Like he's staying at a party in a shirt and he goes, whoa, <laughs> in a tux. <laughs> in a tux. <laughs> and then it pans And back. then back to the party. Yeah. First he's standing by the door going, whoa. And then it, back to the party of him standing by a window. <laughs> or just or just take the audio of his whoa. Whoa. <laughs> oh, whoa. Hey guys. It, it would be better. It would yeah. be just a little bit better. Because this scene does not, yeah, it does nothing. Yeah. And then the, the the line delivery of Tommy, let's try and do this without opening the mouth. You look like a baby face. <laughs> yeah. You look like a baby face, huh? Well, and he had the earlier line, where is it? When he said, oh, hey, Peter. Oh, hey, Peter. And he says, oh, come in. Oh, come in. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? What'd you say? 
It was like Tommy himself didn't like his lines, which is weird because he normally loves his lines. Yeah. There's something wrong with Tommy on this day. I think he's just, I think he's depressed. You look depressed. Yeah. Our, our Peter diagnosis. Tommy's depressed and he can't handle it because Peter's leaving and Greg is mad at him. People are, at this point in the movie, in the production, people are getting sick of it. And you can tell some of those times. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Yeah. <sighs> um. Now, on the other hand, at Notes from a Midnight Screening. Notes from a Midnight Screening. The audience is still into it. Yeah, of course. Because this is like a sitcom. You got people entering, you're going to get cheers. Danny enters, the audience cheers. Peter enters, and the audience cheers. And then when Mark comes in, you get really big cheers from the audience. So big that in my recording, oh no, my alleged recording, of the audience, you can't hear the next several lines of dialogue because the cheering is going on so loud and so long. Nah. But then people start screaming that they should close the door because, you know, they leave it open again. Everyone, cheap, cheap, cheeps, along with <laughs> Denny. Uh, Denny's really the only one actually doing yeah. it. So the audience joins in. Yeah, Denny's the only one giving it on the, the cheap, cheap. Like, not even Tommy is. No, no, he's, as you said, he's wooden. Yeah, he... And Greg's not making noise. Peter's not supposed to be doing it. Yeah. But Denny... Fortunately for them, Philip Aldman apparently was really into the cheap, cheap, cheap. Yeah. He loved it. Yeah, even the running into the... Where'd they run from? Fire exit? For the football? This parking lot doesn't make sense as being near the building we've seen the front of. Yeah. Because the building they've we've seen the front of is literally right in between two other buildings. Yeah, so... It's San Francisco. This is Hollywood. This is on Highland. And then we get our first football throw of this next scene. So we get the audience screaming, mail. Mail what? You'll have to wait. Ah, this is, God, this is, even like the cheering just doesn't make sense for something adults to do. I don't know where he's getting this. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm lost in Tommy's inspiration. Either I don't understand the madness of the genius or this just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's one of those. Yeah. All right. I'm going to side with genius <laughs> and I'm going to ask Johan, where can the audience hear more from you? Okay, you guys can find me on the Independence Day Minute. It's a Movies by Minute podcast about the Independence Day. I did with Alex and Matt. But it's nothing wrong when people make fun of the project. In this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!
This isn't medium rare. Then have them take it back. Oh, come on! <laughs> 